You are entering a space of thoughts and jokes, of echoes and analysis, a stopover from sense, a sojourn from sincerity, the cross-section between entertainment and bewilderment, a limitless void of laughter and curses from which few escape. You've just crossed the border into the spooky spot. Becca got me a jacket thing for my birthday. And Anthony's like, how does your jacket coat? Instead of fit. How's your jacket coat? How's your jacket coat? I laughed at that for like five minutes straight. Oh, bless him. So pure. So pure, so good. That big GF. I mean, brother. (laughs) Why is it Don't we all just want a big GF? No. Let's unpack this. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't have a plan beyond that line. I cement big by older. Like, I think my brain was like, yeah, you can substitute. Like, brother has like a little initial substitution, like BF and GF. (laughs) So my brain was still putting that thought together when it just spurted it out. Love my BF, bro friend. (laughs) Brother friend. Brother friend. (laughs) Good job. I don't know how my brain works. I know you don't know. I also don't know. No one knows. It's a mystery. The fuck is that? That's. Have you never seen the "It's a Mystery" post with a little song? No. Oh, I'm gonna have to find that and show that to you. Yeah, it's just got like a sound clip that goes with it. That's just this cute little song. I was telling Sarah about. Food was great, but I got stabbed here. She yeah. Didn't be- she like didn't believe me, and I'm like, it's a, it, it's made. It was made. It is in existence. It sure does exist. So you have to find it. Okay, I'll do my best. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. And then you'll blog it again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the water was too spicy. Parking lot was spicy. Parking lot was too spicy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I hate people who are like. Oh, that's not real. You edited that. It's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's kind of real. It's fun. We all know someone who will say that. Yeah. Lord knows I have used... Food was great, but I got stabbed here more than once to describe an eating establishment. Yeah. Yeah, I hate the reviews that are like, oh, this one person pissed me off. Or like, everyone else is really loud. I'm like, what about the food? What about the food? I never trust most... White people rate most white people. <laughs> most, like all ratings in quotes of like Asian restaurants. Yeah, because they're always like, oh, they were really rude to me. Like yeah. they were really terse, and it's like they're probably using all their English for you. Yeah. So how about you stop? It was like, how is the food? That because you yeah, it'll be like, oh, food was great, but the service sucks. Because yeah, they were you know. They're trying to get me out of there. It's like, yeah, because they made you your food. Now go. It's like, do you remember middle school French class trying to li- listen to native speakers? It's They go fast as fuck. It's like, yeah. we do too. There you go. <laughs> you just two, gotta... two stars, but the food was great. I'm like, you are. Food was great, but I got stabbed here. Killing this Yelp people. Food was great, but people who are from Taiwan don't speak English? I don't. What the fuck? It's authentic, bitch. Fuck off. So um, I saw this post of like, Yelp being pretty shitty service. If you, like, don't pay them, they'll give you all the bad reviews. That too. Alright. Alright. The show? The show. The show? The show? The show? The show. The show. <laughs> the show. The lid? <laughs> now, I'm hearing a lot of people talking about <laughs> bullshit. Is it coming from... <laughs> the show? That's great. Love that. <laughs> God. Oh, boy. We'd have to explain that too much. Everybody just go watch Guy Who Likes Music. Yeah. The best series of Vines. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. You gotta... It's spooky season. You gotta... Welcome. Hello. (laughs) And welcome to the spooky spot. There you go. My name is Jess. Oh, no. It's turning into Borat. (laughs) Yeah, look, wait... Did you just say Jeff? Oh, I said Jess. <laughs> Why would I say my brother's name? 
tongue. My name is Jess. <laughs> What's your name? You went right to Borat. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> Ain't it like that, though? <laughs> it just be like that. Okay. Normal episode. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> you don't want to introduce yourself the normal way? Absolutely not. All right, I'm Liz. Okay. <laughs> you can't spooky that. You can't spooky L's. It's just... Yeah. No, you can't. But you got a Z in there, and you can do a lot with a Z. The L comes first, so yeah. you gotta you gotta get around that L without sounding like a weeb. <laughs> That sounded like a little weenie. Uh, oh boy. Alright, well on this show, we talk about anthology shows such as The Twilight Zone, which we are here to talk about today. Or we can talk about the new Guillermo del Toro one. Ooh, yeah. Do you know anything, do you know anything else? You know all about that. I don't. There's no new news yet, sorry. But yeah, Guillermo is doing this new anthology like it really it's very far in the future so there's not much on it yet but it's called 10 after midnight it's a collection of personally curated stories described as sophisticated and hor- horrific ooh you know true guillermo style that so uncut guillermo he's getting some good good people to direct and write and stuff that well I know about directing I don't know about writing I don't know if he's writing all of them if he's writing all of them that's cool as hell mm I could imagine he would also direct some, perhaps. Yeah, probably. But yeah, he is getting some other directors. I was telling you about one of the directors, but now I can't remember which one it is now. Unfortunate. I feel like it's another Spanish-speaking guy. I love the name Guillermo instead of William. I think oh, it's, it's good. the coolest thing. It's fun. I don't know much about that language, but Guillermo for William is amazing. Guillermo. No. <laughs> <laughs> Guillermo de Toro. <laughs> well, it's not under his writers. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He's doing that. Ooh, that sounds fun. Saturn and the End of Days. That also sounds fun. Pinocchio. Guillermo de Toro presents Pinocchio? Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? <laughs> not kidding at all. <laughs> I love it. Frankenstein. Good. He's doing the screenplay for Frankenstein and Pinocchio and something called Nightmare Alley. And Saturn. And Haunted Mansion. He's doing so much. Damn. This is all 2019. Scary. Oh, no. Hmm? He's doing scary stories to tell in the dark. So is Guillermo del Toro just going to run the, the horror anthology game? Like, that's okay with me. True, same. But thank even, thank he, you, Guillermo, for the life of this podcast. Even like, just the story of, like, looking at the pictures of scary stories of Town in the Dark is scary, but he's gonna fucking make a fu- Ooh, that's gonna be terrifying. Mm-hmm. Good. I love it. But terrifying. Already. Yeah. God bless him. Wolves and Villagers? What? Wait. He's doing so much good stuff. Monster? Just called Monster? <laughs> it's about the energy drink. <laughs> He's a director and a writer. Oh, man. A doctor searches the world for a young boy turned into a sociopath after the physician saved his life. Hmm. Based on the anime series of the same name. Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2019 Guillermo makes anime into actual movies. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, yeah. Yeah, my dad watched that series, and then he was like, oh, you should watch it. And then I, like, forgot to for years. <laughs> and even to well, now. Guillermo's gonna make it a movie next year. All right. Make my dad watch this Guillermo del Toro, but he really loved Monster. Okay, so we don't know that director's name. Never mind. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know how to find any of that yet. You know. I haven't, I wasn't prepared for looking. <laughs> True, I should have told you beforehand, rather than springing it on you. My apologies. <laughs> but... Not yet for 10 After Midnight. Are we going to do the Philip K. Dick one that they just made? Oh, Electric Sheep or whatever it is? Electric Dreams. Electric Dreams. Yeah. Um, 
We could. I know that. I don't know if it's getting a second season, but I know it's anthology too. Okay. I was. I did. I think Brian Cranston's in it. Oh shit. Brian. Brian Cranston, the janitor, not as a janitor. No. Brian Cranston, the janitor. Um. Well, there's other famous people, but I just remember Brian Cranston was one of the big ones. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, we can talk. I already have. <laughs> let's like, get through this first. Yeah, we listen. We got to get through at least the first season of the Twilight Zone, <laughs> uh, and I think there's 36 episodes of it. Yeah, I was just looking. And we're on 15, which means we're almost halfway there. And then we can decide what we want to do. If we want to keep doing Twilight Zone or if we want to switch to something else for a bit. We'd have to make a poll. We could make a poll. Ask the viewers. We could also just fucking do something. That's true. And then they deal with it. Sorry, listeners. Season 1 is 36. Season 2 is 29. Season 3 is 37. Season four is eighteen, and season five is thirty-six. What the fuck, Rod? What happened to what happened to season four? Eighteen episodes here. What happened there? That might have been one of those like they might have wanted to cancel it mm. type deals, and then change their minds. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's history there that we can yeah. find out. Shit ton. When we get there someday. Shit ton. Shit ton. Shit ton. But for now, today we are going to talk about. Shot an arrow into the air. A shot an arrow in the air. Season one, episode fifteen of Other Twilight Zone. Nice. Nice. That is where the interstitial would go in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. This episode opens up on a launch pad for a rocket, and um, they're doing some some voiceover where they're checking systems protocol, like the locks check. And whatnot, you know, all those things that the boys down at NASA say makes it look important by pushing a bunch of buttons. Yeah, there's also you know just stock footage of guys sitting at consoles and whatnot. So much stock footage. Uh, there's a dude who looks through a, a periscope, and then we see the stock footage of a rocket launching <laughs> down at you know HQ Mission Control. There's <laughs> there's a flashing light panel that was definitely in the flying saucer from last episode. Oh yeah, and it's also in here. Oh yeah. So bless them. And the opening narration comes in to tell us about this rocket. Saucers be the same. <laughs> Ships that leave the earth be the same. <laughs> yeah. They should all... Why aren't we building flying saucers? Why can't we? Because of the current president. Yeah. We were building them with Obama. <laughs> It's true. And then all those, like, all those notes and books and shit, they were like, we, he doesn't need to see those. And just, they got locked don't, away. Don't tell him the truth about the aliens. Don't tell him these are here. He'll just tweet about it. He does not need to know. <laughs> God. I also think well, there's some aerodynamic stuff which is why you can't for real. I heard there is, like, this very one specific job at NASA. It is about extraterrestrial stuff of, like, things that get brought back to earth and whether it's like harmful for us and he wants to fire her oh yeah yeah yeah, and yeah. i'm like excuse you i'm I trying to remember what what the title is i don't remember her name yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> she's fucking cool as hell i wish i could remember her name i think it's like planetary ambassador or yeah. something yeah and yeah it's to make sure that stuff that we take out into space doesn't infect yeah. you know yeah wherever we're going and yeah. also that we don't bring back yeah something that will hurt everybody. Does he not see that's important? I mean, <laughs> he's a fucking fascist, so... True! He doesn't see anything. Besides fascism. Besides telling the whole country that he's a nationalist <laughs> and using that exact word. <laughs> oh, no. I Okay, we're not here to talk about that. I'm not talking about that. We're talking about better times. Back they, in the 19... <laughs> back in 1960. When they sent a rocket up into space. So our opening narration tells us that the ship is called uh, the Arrow 1. And it took them four and a half years to build. And bless it is them. Bless their hearts. And it is the first manned aircraft going into space. Bless them. Bless them. So I was thinking about this. I forget when JFK said it, but he was like, in this decade, hold on, let me do a JFK voice. In this decade. In this decade, we will send a man to the moon. And then in 1969, we did it. So, you know, 
Hey. If he said in 1960 hey. and said in 1969, he did keep that promise. Hey. We can't shit on him too bad. It's true. He did do it. Just, you know, in the he last... He got some stuff done. He got some stuff done. <laughs> in this decade. And then procrastinates to the last year of the decade. Same. True. <laughs> Highly relatable. I don't know why I'm trying to poke fun at her. I'm, I would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, but this is 1960, and we're we're dreaming big here on the Twilight Zone about sending a man to the moon. So what is that like the the year JFK said that he's gonna maybe? And Rod's that, like, let's go. Rod's like, what if we did? <laughs> hey, good idea. <laughs> How about that? What if this happened? There you go. Five steps ahead of you, Rod Sterling, the cryptid. And so the the rocket launches, and we get some stock footage of a bunch of nerds looking at console displays, and then that fades. And we see a man writing unreported at the end of a progress line on a, uh, like a glass board. So, you know, we've already gone very, very badly (laughs) in our first foray into the stars. You know, a lead scientist and some guy from the military are are doing a little walk and talk. And he's like, how do you have no idea where the ship went? (laughs) It's a great lead into the story. Basically, he's like... You had all these computers and all these things, and where did it go? Honestly, if that was me, I'd just be like, you got eyes, don't you? There's yeah. no one outside looking at it? Exactly. The scientist is like, I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, uh. <laughs> they, uh, he thinks they lost touch with the ship after some solar interference. So, you know, they were watching it, but then the sun got in their eyes. Yeah. That's what that means. Yeah. <laughs> And the the military man kind of suggests that, you know, well, couldn't they have gone off course then? The scientist replies that, well, no, because the course was, like, set. They had it decided. And, you know, good old Bob Donlin is up there commanding, and he wouldn't just let them go do whatever. Uh, The military man just kind (laughs) of goes and gazes out the window (laughs) and quotes some Longfellow at us. You guys shouldn't turn it in the first place. It's just look out the goddamn window. And, you know, <laughs> if it goes high enough, you can't see it anymore. I don't know. You can see it coming back down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> so he quotes some uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow at us. A shot and arrow into the air. Something, something. Where I, where it landed. Where, where it flew, I know not where. Yeah. Something like that. Something about not knowing anything. Exactly. He doesn't know where it went. And he's like, oh, damn. You know, ain't that just the way in the space age? Just the way it is. This reminded me immediately of back in the first episode when he's like, oh, you remember what that dude said in the Christmas Carol? And it's like, this is another man who would not remember a piece of, (laughs) you know, mid-19th century poetry, Rod. This is not how a man of this stature would talk. Rod, not everyone likes your obscure interests. Yeah. Rod, especially these grown-ass men. Especially this man in the military. So he looks, you know, back out the window and he's like, damn, good luck though. We see, you know, Bob Donlin in question. And he's, uh... Do we like the name Bob Donlin? Is it Donlin or Donlin? Donlin, I think. Worse. Yeah. (laughs) So, Bob Donnie. Um... Bobadon. Bobadon. The the Bobadon! shit! You did that. Yep. You gave me this gift. Thank yep. you. So we see Commander Babadon. Oh, I can't do it. I'll fucking do it. I can't fucking do it. Um, he's writing in a logbook, expositing about the crash, so we know it. Know about it. The character, the character who plays him. Whoops. Character. The uh, the actor who plays him was also in 12 Angry Men and we've seen a few other of those guys before in the past well there was 12 of them and there was 12 brought all of his actors right there you go <laughs> uh, hey I just need 12 actors not you Harry Fonda <laughs> honestly I don't think Fonda was ever in the Twilight Zone so so Bob says they've crashed on a an uncharted asteroid they don't know exactly how they crashed there was some kind of electrical something maybe and then he says out loud because he, it's a voiceover for all his, you know, explanation of the crash. So Bob's uh, explaining about this crash, and we see some bodies under sheets. Unfortunately, Babadon. the Babadook. Babadon. The Babadon. I said the actual thing. Mm-hmm. And then he says out loud, 
that's all any of us can remember, which would be a real weird thing to hear <laughs> when, you know, you're over here dragging some guy from the rubble and then he's writing and then you just suddenly hear him start talking out loud. Um, and the only other two survivors are Corey and Pearson. And I don't remember their first names because I don't think they get said. Yeah, they're always yeah, they're always just Mr. Corey or Pearson. You know, Sergeant Corey and so-and-so Pearson. I want to point out they're all just wearing flight suits. Like, these aren't space suits. Uh-huh. And they also have canteens uh-huh. strapped to them. Uh-huh. Because, again, we didn't know what people should wear in space or have with them in space. Uh-huh. Because this was 1960 <laughs> and we don't know what to put. <laughs> so, there's like a... A book, you know, containing trivia and facts and, you know, stuff about production called The Twilight Zone Companion Book or whatever the hell. And I had read on Wikipedia that it was, like, really harsh about this episode. Mm. Like, about all the science surrounding this episode. And I just really wanted to be like, hey. They tried. They didn't know anything. (laughs) They would just be like, they were like, any astronaut worth their shit would know that you know, the size of the sun would mean that they were they wouldn't have landed on an asteroid or whatever, whatever. And it's like, they didn't know anything. Especially about asteroids. You leave them alone. <laughs> they were filming in Death Valley in this one, too. <laughs> Death Valley, a.k.a. an asteroid. Always. Every time. Let 1960s people live. No. Just let them live. No. Also, their navigator, uh, I think John... Hudak is his name or something. Yeah, uh, that sounds right. He got injured. Somehow. And, uh, he got injured in the crash, whatever the hell. Um, and Bob's not sure he'll survive, but, you know, he's holding on. But you know he gonna die. Pearson's, you know, kind of making Hudak p- comfortable, putting a, a blanket under his head and such, as he lies directly next to the other dead bodies, which is fun. <laughs> um, we can only drag him so far. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to drag them all here to this line, and that's just where they'll lay. Yeah. Um, Bob narrates that they got no radio, and most of their supplies are gone, and nobody knows where they are. So things are looking up. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Corey, who we will quickly come to find out is a snot, Corey comes over and uh, grabs the notebook out of Bob's hands. Maybe you can remember. Was the guy who was in asteroid jail, was his name also Corey? Yeah. Almost positive. Rod, we didn't get very far. Why are you already (laughs) reusing names? Almost positive it was Corey, yeah. Rod, you can't just put every guy named Corey on an asteroid. He's gonna try. People are gonna notice that when they watch this years in the future. (laughs) In the future, yeah. Yeah. Back then, he's like, fuck it. And Corey's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Writing shit down. You gotta figure out a way for us to get home. And Bob's like, um, okay. Well, we're still a crew, so we're gonna act like one. Go sit down. Corey just bitches about how hot it is and how the colonel better find out a way to get them back. It was Corey. It's Corey. <laughs> Come on, Rod. <laughs> um, Pearson agrees. Hey, Dad said go sit down. Honestly, this man's your commanding officer how dare you (laughs) sergeant Corey? i am your superior officer (laughs) asteroid (laughs) what i do at my own crash site is none of your business in the privacy of my own crash site in the privacy of my own crash site (sighs) asteroid God. Anyway. Oh, boy. Corey needs a slap. Corey needs a slap. Essentially. You know, just because it crashed doesn't mean you don't have to stop taking orders from this dude. 100%. Which Um, is, like, the time to definitely be taking orders from him. (laughs) Yeah. You would think that a man, you know, maybe 20 years your senior would know a thing or two about what to do in a crisis. but Which, it sounds like he does. (sighs) Sounds like he does. Yeah. You know. He tells him, he's like, hey, go start digging some... You know, go, graves. Go, go dig some fucking graves. And then he's like, he gets the shit, like, rationed. Yeah. Takes inventory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey's just being a snot. <laughs> I love, um, Corey just kind of stalks off and you can see him standing in the background while Bob comes over to join Pearson next to the injured man. And he kneels down to give him some water. <laughs> and Bob kind of whispers over to Pearson, he's like, 
you were with him in the crash. Like, did he hit his head or something to make him <laughs> such a huge bitch? Yeah. Um, and Pearson's like, I don't. It just, I don't it just know. happened. I don't know why he's being like this. Bitch can't survive. <laughs> Corey can't hang. Corey sees them giving water to an injured man who will probably die in the next few hours, and he just loses his shit. Because how dare somebody be given basic human decency such as water? Nope. And he's like, we're all gonna die because you're giving away resources. And Bob's like, well... He's still alive. (laughs) We're gonna treat him with respect. You know, basic human rights. (laughs) He's like, if he's thirsty, we're gonna give him water. If he gets hot, we're gonna find some shade for him. And when he dies, we're gonna dig him a hole and say a prayer. And so he, he tells Pearson to start digging the graves, and he's like, all right, come get me in, like, five minutes, and I'll take over for you, and then Corey will take over for me. Because yeah, it's super hot, and Corey's complaining about that, too. Yeah, Corey never stops complaining about how hot it is, which, if I were him, I probably would also do. Yeah. But I would also, you know, not get myself a smack from my commanding officer. <laughs> Bob goes off to start checking on the supplies, and Corey glares down at Hudak on the ground, and Pearson's like... Oh, what, do you want him to dig some graves, too? And Pearson doesn't do a lot in this episode, but what, love, yeah. what little he's doing, I love good. so much. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Bob checks out their supplies that, I guess, just came in cardboard boxes. Yeah, that's what you put on a spaceship, is cardboard boxes. Cardboard boxes and canteens clipped to your belts. <laughs> yep. Gosh. That's it. Yep. And then, uh... Pearson points out that the sun is... The same size as it is on Earth. Hey. So they can't be far from home. And Bob's like, Boy, well, I'm sure just glad that there's air to breathe and there's no radiation. But yeah, you know, it took them four and a half years to build this ship. So it'll take them four and a half years to do it again. And they if, don't know where we are. They don't even know where we are. <laughs> even if they found us, it would take them uh, four and a half years to even try and come get us. So looking good. Great. Like, okay, they can say how hot it is, but, like, if they think they're in space on an asteroid, they seriously think it's going to be that hot up there? They think it's going to be hot in space? Yeah. They're not using their little freaking rational minds sometimes. Yeah, I mean, well, they didn't... I don't think 1960s people ever knew that an asteroid would not have an atmosphere. I imagine they'd know it's cold in space by then. Yeah, but, you know, an atmosphere would keep... A body in space warm. I don't know. We got. We got. He's doing so many episodes about asteroids. We gotta like read up about what they knew back then. Yeah. Cause this is just. We gotta so we can properly be like, hey Rod. Rod. Or we can properly shame these like these characters for not knowing anything. That's true. Yeah. We gotta read up on how much they knew back and then about asteroids. What was the 1960s knowledge of space? I don't really know. <laughs> Which you would love that topic. Uh, hey, yeah, listen, I would. <laughs> I'm, like, always into learning about the history of science, because people are always like, yeah, art history, military history, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. what was the history of, like, science? Like, not just, like, medicine or something, but, like, you know, beyond, like, Galileo and all that shit. Like, I'm just always so interested in historical science. I was just reading a bunch of uh, historical science stuff today. It was, you know, about Nazis. But, uh... <laughs> Well, let's just call them how stupid they are because they're like, oh, theoretical things? Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And Jewish people? Uh-uh. And so everyone went to America, and that's where they got all the, like, they created all the bombs. And yeah. So the Nazis were like, fuck, we need those. <laughs> but it's like, oh, the Jews knew how to build those? Fuck, why were we trying to kill them? We got one guy who still knows theoretical stuff, but he's one guy. And so they didn't get anywhere because they're dumb as hell. I was reading that today, and it was quite nice. It's almost like genocide is dumb as hell. Yeah, it's almost like everything the Nazis did was dumb as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this whole post, it was just like, they were dumb at this and this and this, and they were like, how are they dumb at this science stuff? They're like, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. (laughs) They thought, you know, it was dumb Jewish nonsense, that theoretical science, that, you know, nothing. No. So they fled to America. (laughs) Theoretical physics? You know a dude called Einstein? He left. Yeah. He took his Jewish nonsense over to America. Yeah. There you go. Flourished. <laughs> Thankfully, America let him in. Yeah. They turned away some other ones. Okay, we're not here to talk well, about that either. Well, science. Science. This is a Bill Nye episode now. 
Welcome to Bill Nye the Spooky Guy. I want to hear Bill Nye slam Nazis doing that. Oh my god. Oh my god. Please, Bill Nye, my science dad. <laughs> I want to hear your take on, you know, Nazi scaring Bad away. Bad Nazi science. Theoretical anything. <laughs> scaring away those theoretical physicists. So uh, later on, Bob and Corey come back from, I guess, a little scouting around, and Pearson's been hanging out with the navigator, who I guess has just been getting worse. Corey, once again, loses his shit about how there's nothing around and it's very hot. <laughs> Bunch of rocks. There's just rocks and those crappy little hills. <laughs> <laughs> and Pearson's like, okay, well, uh, it should cool off at night if there is a night. Which I guess is a good call because yeah, you don't know what the rotational. And that's why he's thing... in charge. Pearson, I don't oh. know. Well, he's like second. I always thought he, he was like second. In I charge. would imagine he would be the second in command because yeah. he doesn't have a bullshit attitude. Yeah. <laughs> God. So Pearson's like, okay, well, at night, you know, I'll start heading south and I'll I'll poke around down there. Bob gives Hudak the nav- navigator some more water, and Corey just smacks the canteen out of his hand. Mm-hmm. Like, don't give him any! Like a little bitch. Exactly. And then Corey, like, tackles the canteen and just, he spills all the water out of it. Like a dumbass. I forget when they mentioned that they only have five gallons of water, which, yeah, is not a lot, but you can get by if you do some careful rationing, uh-huh. like good old Bob Donlin will do. Bob Don. The good old Bob Don. Knows how to ration water. He'll ration some water. By getting the fuck rid of Corey. Except he won't. Because <laughs> Bob cares about his yeah, his yeah. underlings. Little space kids. He'll take care of his space children. Um, <laughs> and Corey's like, I will not sit by and watch you give water to a thirsty man. There are people who behave this way under far less dire circumstances. So if you think Corey is acting unreasonably or irrationally... There's people who behave like this now. Yeah. Yeah. People just be like this. All the fucking time. People just be like this. It's a real shame there's no mirrors around (laughs) in this scene, because boy, are we looking into a mirror right now. Wasn't... What was the episode before this? Episode before this was, um... Escape escape the planet before the Holocaust. Everybody's favorite narc. Okay, yeah, I was like, wait, wasn't there some Dutch angles? I'm like, no, that was the one before it. There, there were was... Dutch angles there, and there was a mirror shot in there. There wasn't any in this one. Yeah. No, everything here was very straightforward. Of course. Of course. While Corey's losing his mind over a dying man having a sip of water, Pearson's like, well, uh, he's dead now, so he won't be taking any more of your precious water, Corey. Are you happy? He is. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then while... Well, Pearson and Bob have their backs turned. Corey's like, well, I'll steal this dead man's canteen. Because I'm just a real piece of shit. Pearson catches him and is like, if I see you pulling any more shit, trying to steal anything, I will kill you. (laughs) Just flat. I will kill you. (laughs) Love it. Corey says, same to you, as though Pearson has tried to do anything like that. It's like, no, 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 no. You have no, you have no grounds to stand on. <laughs> Pearson has done nothing wrong. No. He has been Bob's golden boy. And so Bob's like, why don't you both shut up? <laughs> We're going to start exploring. Baldon has spoken. There, we get some huge, huge sweeping shots of this desert. And... I don't remember where I heard this, if it was like from a Tumblr post or from something that I read, but this episode made me think about how there's a lot of like old world horror that's based on old world, European horror, um, that's kind of based around like how old stuff is. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Dracula is like, oh, he's 2000 years old. How spooky is that? And you know, all, all kinds of stuff like that. And then... A lot of American horror is... Um, when I say American horror... Story. I mean... <laughs> no. I'm not talking about American horror story. That would technically fall under our purview, but I don't want to talk about that Yeah, show. there's some things we won't watch. Yeah, there's some things I'm not watching. We don't watching. gotta watch every anthem. I don't have to watch all of them. I mean, like, you know, the Europeans who came here, like the settlers, like the white people Americans. 
a lot of the kind of horror that they wound up coming up with was based around how big and empty the land was. And spooky. Spooky. Hey, the big scary woods, there's nothing in there. Ooh. Just hey. a bunch of cornfields. Damn. <laughs> the wide open de- desert? Shit. <laughs> Which, that's exactly what this episode is doing. A lot yeah. of the suspense and oppressive fear comes from... There's this big, wide open desert. So bunch it's of sand and shitty mountains. <laughs> just shitty some, hills. Yeah. This is a very, like, American horror story. Not an American horror <laughs> Not tainted it! Not. <laughs> fuck you for ruining that phrase. This I did is not a, ruin it. They, you would have ended up saying American horror story and you would have been like, hey. It is a flavor of horror story that can only be told set in America. Is it Sriracha? No. That's true, that's not an American thing. That's not an American thing. (laughs) I got you, though. Yeah. I don't know. She thought it was neat. So that night, uh, Bob sits by a blasting propane burner, waiting for the men to come back. Corey eventually staggers over to the campsite and flops down. So Corey reports that uh, he found nothing, and he takes a big old swig on his canteen, and the Babadon is instantly suspicious. The Babadon is suspicious. He has heightened Babadon senses. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Corey also says that um, he tried to navigate by the stars, but it's overcast. And On the asteroid. On the asteroid. And not to be a pedant, but even still. though all podcasts rely on pedantry in one way or another... But the fact that there's clouds on this atmosphere would mean that in no way they are on an asteroid. Yeah. They are not on an asteroid. And Like, yeah, we can give them some give of, like, they didn't know, but then also, you gotta just think sometimes. When you think about it... You gotta connect some dots. An asteroid indicates, you know, a very prominent atmosphere, enough to support weather systems. Anyway, the Babadon is like, uh, Pearson? Where is... Corey claims that they didn't hike the same direction, and Bob's like, no, you did. You guys, I told you to. I told you guys to stay together. My golden boy wouldn't, like, wouldn't go against my word. Exactly. And then he's like, so it's it's hot out there, right? Right? Remember all that shit you were saying earlier about how hot it was? Yeah? He's like, I can't believe you didn't drink any fucking water despite how hot it is. And Corey's like, uh, Corey immediately claims to have found Pearson dead like he had hit his head on a rock so he took his water so that he could live and Bob's like that sounds fake let's, uh, let's go check on him he's like alright well start walking cause we're going out there to get him cause your bitch ass left him your bitch ass left a man behind and me Colonel Bob Donlin I do not stand for this my boy! That's my boy! <laughs> I've abandoned my boy! Oh, God. So the they start walking. And, and the walking, next day... And walking. And walking. Yep. <laughs> we get some uh, marching music and a montage of these two men just trudging along and trudging along. And then at one point, Corey, like, goes to sit for a minute and he tries, he thinks about picking up a rock Yeah. to hit Babadon over the head. Yeah, he, like, pretends to tie his shoe. Yeah. And then it's like, mm. What are they, and then, yeah, Bob looks back at him and he's like, oh, never mind. Uh, what are you thinking about over there? Not killing you? <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. Let me out of this hill. Mm-hmm. And so they, uh, they're in, like, a little, I guess... Shitty re- valley. A shitty little ravine or something. <laughs> and Corey's like, okay, this is where he was. Swear to God. And there's nothing here. There's, it's just nothing. And so Bob's like, hey, are you absolutely positive he was dead? You fucking jackass! Did you do anything to help him? And Corey's like, he must have crawled away. I thought he was dead. I was so sure he was dead. And Bob's like, I can't believe you. So you didn't check and you just stole his water. You just stole his water and you left him here to die. (laughs) And (laughs) I fucking love Corey's defense. He's like, okay. But I was really thirsty. <laughs> and 
The best image. Bob Donlin gives the, I think, the best face take I've seen <laughs> in this show so far. It's just the best you fucking kidding me look. And I love it. It's like, are you? It's like, are you fucking kidding me? And then also, you're a sack of shit all in one. Look. Oh God, yes! It's amazing. It says it all. So they they find Pearson a little ways down the trail. Not that it's a trail, but you know, a little Around farther a little away. Bend. Yeah, just bacon in the sun. A little bloody. You know, with no water because somebody took it. And you know, he just laid out here for twelve hours, dying. And there's you know some blood running down his face, and he's. He's barely holding on. And, you know, Bob runs to him. Because that's, that's his boy. And he's like, oh, you know, we're going to get you back, you know. And Pearson tries to, to say something, but he, he can't quite do it. So he, you know, kind of settles for trying to draw a couple lines in the dirt. And it looks like an equal sign with, like, a line through it. But you, you wouldn't know. A little what. vague. It's, you know, just a couple lines. And then, you know, he keels over and dies. Yep. Yep. Because, you know... Baked in the sun for 12 he, hours. He baked in the sun for 12 hours with <laughs> no water. And also definitely something hit his head. Yeah. Bob says, do you know Do you know what this is? Like, what... He was trying to tell us something. He's like... He also pointed a little. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he points kind of like up, up the mountain. And Bob says, the answer must be up there. Whatever he was trying to tell us. Yeah. So Bob puts down the gun that he's been carrying. Because he... Marched Corey across this landscape at gunpoint. Um, he puts the gun down. Did he? I thought it was Pearson's gun. It was a gun. Yeah. Yeah, Bob, Bob was definitely carrying a gun. Yeah. To get Pearson... To, not to get Pearson... He doesn't have to get Pearson to do anything. Yeah. To keep Corey moving and not just be a shitty kid. Um, so he... Point is, he puts the gun down and he starts running up that hill. A shitty kid. He's like late 20s. <laughs> yeah, he's like 30 Man's something. almost 30, yeah. He's de- he's like 34. And he's like that. He's just like that. <laughs> you know, Corey sees his chance and he picks up that gun and just straight up murders Bob. Straight up. He's just like, hey, Bob, eat this. Yeah, he's like, man, one man can survive five days with water. Two, and no, it's two men can survive five days with water. One man could survive ten. So I'm sure you understand why I'm going to just fucking kill you so Straight I can live up. another five days. Straight up murder. Scumbag. He still wants to see what Pearson was pointing at. Yeah, he, of course he wants to see what Pearson was pointing at. But Bob is like, as Bob lies there dying, he's like, you, did, you killed Pearson. You know, and now you've killed me. And I do want to ask you, mm. do you think that Corey killed Pearson? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm not sure. I think Corey killed Pearson through taking his water, but I don't think he hit him with a rock. I think I think there's a large chance he hit him with a rock. Hmm. Okay. Because I feel like if if Pearson saw what he saw, and what he wanted to to convey to Corey, he would have told him. So I don't know if he was trying to tell him, and there was a struggle, and then Corey hit him with a rock. I guess that could have happened. Well, also. When Pearson was dying, right before he did the the picture in the sand, he starts to say he starts to make a C sound, mm-hmm. and so I think I when I first saw it, I thought he was gonna be like, oh yeah, Corey did this, mm-hmm. but then he like he can't fucking talk because he's yeah. dehydrated, and then he makes the picture. Could he have also been trying to say cards? You don't know. You don't know. I my brain went to him gonna, you know, him gonna rat out Corey. Rat out Corey. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Also, I I yeah I saw it and Corey's gonna throw a rock at. Bobadon. Yeah. So. Because, I mean, he was definitely just down to... I feel like he left Pearson for dead. Like, Pearson may have, like I did today, just slid down a hill and <laughs> ate shit. <laughs> and then, you know, Corsi... Corsi. Um, Corey just left him for dead, took his water, and that was that was fine. I might give Corey that benefit of a doubt. But he's also a piece of shit. But he is also a piece of shit. If we were in court, I think it would be murder two, is what he did. Mm-hmm. Where you kill somebody through not helping them, essentially. <laughs> you didn't hit him with the rock, but you did leave him for dead. I don't know. I think it's interesting. Yeah, you can look at it either way as to whether he... I think he hit him with the rock. Whether he hit him with the rock. Like, may, like Or like maybe Pearson had fallen, 
but it wasn't fatal, but Corey saw his chance. Yeah. There's a lot of things that could have happened. True. That's why he leaves it vague. Exactly. But yeah, I, yeah Corey to blame 2K18. So after Corey has definitely 100% we all saw it, shot Bob Donlin in the chest. Point blank. Just straight up. <laughs> uh, he, you know, leans over to go take his canteen, but there's a bullet hole in it. Hey! Congratulations, you played yourself. Corey's like, oh man, I'm sorry about that, but you know, it's every man for himself. And I'm like, you're not sorry at all, you fucking sociopath. <laughs> yep. So, Corey's like, oh, you are out here trying to bring order to this wild land. How dare you. It's some real Lord of the Flies bullshit. <laughs> but then we get a long montage of Corey wandering around in the desert. And just sometimes just sitting. So, yeah. <laughs> sometimes stumbling. Mm-hmm. Sometimes almost falling down a mountain he climbed. Really wish he had. God, yeah, it just would have been so fun if he died not knowing. Right before, yeah. If he fell down a fucking mountain and died, oh no. Yeah. That would have been good. Um, but also now, people will know that he shot those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Now, pe- now he has to live with the fact that he killed those men. Mm-hmm. And he really didn't have to. We also got a, a rare mid-episode narration of... Rod just dragging Corey. He hates Corey. He fucking hates Corey. He's like, yeah, Corey, keep on walking. Yeah, go on through the desert. Because if you look back, maybe you're going to realize you killed two men. (laughs) And boy, wouldn't that suck if you had to deal with what you did? So just, yeah, keep walking, jackass. Corey reaches the top of another mountain and loses it. Because guess what he sees? He just starts laughing and crying and he says, oh, Oh, Pearson, now I know what you were trying to tell me. And it pans over and we see some power lines mm-hmm. that stretch over a highway mm-hmm. with a sign that says Reno, Nevada, 97 miles away. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh. Power lines. You were trying to tell me about the power lines. And yeah, they've, uh, they've been on Earth this whole time. 90 miles away from Reno, Nevada. Which makes me wonder where they even, like, lifted off, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't, know, I don't know if they lifted off from the desert or if they lifted off from Florida. Because they could have launched from Florida, then gone up for a little bit. The world would have rotated down around them. And if they came straight back down, they would have landed in yeah. you know, Nevada. But yeah, you know, you, you killed two men and you had never even left Earth. You piece of shit. Hope you rot in jail. That's... That's the end of the episode. Is a man, you know, laughing and crying in the desert because he's done awful things. Because he thought he would maybe die, but that's not an excuse. Cool motive, still murder. Honestly, not knowing where you are doesn't mean shit. Mm Mm-hmm. And so our opening narration comes in to bring us home like, wow, what a fun practical joke from Mother Nature. That was just some straight-up horror terror. (laughs) Nightmare for some men. I have some ending notes. Yeah. So the original uh, poem that the title of this episode comes from in that military man. Should uh, not know. Wouldn't be able to quote offhand. Um, That original poem, kind of like the the whole meaning of it, and maybe I should have brought it up to read it. I don't know. Probably. Uh, Probably. I mean, I could have read it on the show. Um, You can, like, you'll post it on Twitter. Yeah. I'll (laughs) post a link to it on Twitter and folks can read it. But kind of like, the way I took it when I read it is that the stuff you do has impact and consequences even if you can't necessarily see it. Because basically, in the first stanza, he shoots the arrow in the air and he doesn't see where it goes because it goes too fast. And then in the next stanza, he like says a song out into the air and he doesn't see where it goes. In the third stanza, he finds the arrow again and it hit a tree. Like, he finds it out in the woods. And then in the in the fourth stanza, I think the, the line is literally like, I found the song in a heart of a friend or some shit. So it's like, even if you can't see what something does after you do it, it does still do things. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. For, for what happens in this episode. Rod got the idea for this episode from a woman at a party hmm. named uh, Madeline Champion. And he gives her uh, credit. Props in the credits, yeah. Um, And there was a quote 
on the Wikipedia entry for this episode that said that he got tons of spec scripts from people, but he never used a single one. But, you know, he heard the concept of the story from this woman at a party, gave her $500 for the idea, and then made this. Nice. (laughs) And then also used this episode as inspiration for when he worked on Planet of the Apes. Which has been a long time since I've seen Planet of the Apes. The but original it, one? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. But I didn't even know that Rod worked on that. Me either. Yeah. So it's really, yeah, it's really, because, you know, oh my god, I was wrong. It was Earth <laughs> all along. <laughs> there we go. Swish. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I think that uh, this episode and last episode are really fun to watch. Side by side, since they have, you know, exactly opposite twists. He, you know, he had an idea in mind. He's like, oh, man, that's cool. Oh. That's like, I was just watching that whole season of that show, and I'm like, oh, they're doing the same thing in every episode, but it keeps working. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, they weren't on Earth at all, and they were on Earth the whole time. Mm-hmm. Or two, nice. two classic twists. Nice, 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 nice. Nice, nice, nice. Did you like the episode? I really like this one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a good one. I thought, like, the beginning was, with, like, there was so much stock footage, I was like, this might not be good, but yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, they, they pull it out in the end there. I really liked the, the twist. The twist. Murder in the desert. Fun for the whole family. <laughs> Wanna hear what we're watching next week? Yeah. We're watching another one of those kind of iconic ones. Oh, so I've never heard of it. <laughs> Maybe. Um, we'll be watching season one, episode 16, The Hitchhiker. Oh. In which oh. a woman driving cross country mm. keeps seeing a hitchhiker everywhere she goes. I've yes. actually seen one! There you go! Yeah! Oh, this is a very good one. I've seen if, one of the famous ones! If I remember correctly, this is a... Yeah. It is very good. Chef Kiss, good episode. But until we are back to talk about that episode, you're gonna hold that cat? Like this, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Dear reader, um, why do I keep saying reader, viewer, all the stuff that you I said viewer earlier and I was yeah. like, oh wait, they're listening. Yeah. Dear, dear audience of some form, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at spookyspotpod at gmail.com, um, at the spooky spot on Twitter. Yes. We exist. We sure do exist. We're also on iTunes. Mm. So you can rate, review, subscribe. Oh, God. I, I'm not going to say that every time because I think it's kind of an irritating thing to say. Everyone else ever has said it. And, you know, do all those things that a podcast wants you to do. Whatever. We're just here for the fun. Yeah. I'm here to make this for you and me. This and then is not if, our livelihood. If, if other people listen to it as well, that's that's cool. But... I just like having a record of talking about stuff with you. <laughs> Our opening narration is done by my friend Tamara. You can find her on Tumblr and Twitter at Total Spiffage. And if you want to hear more of me talking, which, oh gosh, how could you not get enough? Um, you can also hear me on the podcast Loop and Lottery. I always feel like I'm forgetting something. Um, no. All right. Oh. Um, mm, you were. <laughs> well, first, happy birthday to you, because if I edit this in time, it comes out on your birthday. Hey! Hope everybody has a safe and happy Halloween. Hey! Also, vote and get your flu shots. Hey! And, last but not least, most importantly, stay spooky. Stay spooky. It was Earth all along.